thank you because I had no idea what the date was. I just knew it was Wednesday. Um, this is WBOK, 1230 AM. I am Dr. Adrian. I'm Dr. Maria. And we are NOLA Ed Education for Liberation. I'm happy to be here. How are you? I am delighted. You're delighted? I am. Uh, how do you say it? I am blessed and not stressed. <laughs> What is it? Highly blessed and not stressed? Well, usually it's blessed and highly favored. But you oh, can blessed be, and highly favored? You can be whatever you want to be. No. If well, that's what you want to be, if you want to be blessed and not stressed, then go ahead and be blessed and not stressed. Okay, that's what I, I will. Say. I'm living my best life. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. So, um, a lot going on. Yeah. It's always a lot going on, it feels like, on a That's Wednesday because going we up. are living in the worst timeline. Where did you get that from? The worst timeline? Yes. I don't know. I just saw it on the internet. <laughs> but the song was all me. You made that up. That's your song. Living in the worst timeline. I feel like it's almost <laughs> like a journey song. <laughs> it's definitely bordering on, it's soft rock, <laughs> bordering on hard rock. You know, if I could get a really good scream, but I have to be careful because remember, I have to talk clearly enough to be picked up on a microphone for both in-person and virtual students. So you're on to, is this a full week of uh, dual teaching? This is the end of the, um, the second week of dual teaching for me. I know they call it hybrid, but I'm they calling call it, it dual. hybrid, but it's actually because. very confusing to the students when we call it hybrid, like, because they're like, what are the two things that we're hybriding? It's not a centaur, yeah. Which is also how they say centaur. It's not a centaur. Mm-mm. I love I love little kids. I did not realize I was going to enjoy middle school as much as I am. And you think of them as little kids because you, of course, taught college and high school. There you go. You know, so like when they're like, "I'm tiny and I can fit my entire body in this chair because this room was designed for high school students, and this is my whole little body, and I'm in this chair." Do they actually say that? No, they oh, just that's... like they just fold themselves up like little pretzel people until they're all in the chair, and I think that it's adorable. And you know what? Maybe, maybe in six months, I'm going to be like, get your feet off this chair. But right now, I think it's hecka cute. Cute. So, how many are actually in your classroom again? Um, I would say that in my largest class, I have. I must have. I must technically have 18 students in that class that are there physically because all of the tables are filled and I have 18 tables in the classroom. But um, I already, from that particular class period, I already have one student who switched to full virtual, I believe. Oh, really? They were like, they were over it? Well, I mean, I would be too if like one of my classes had like 18 kids in it and it was also virtual and sometimes the internet goes out. BT dubs, sometimes the internet goes out at school. (laughs) Um, but wait, so 18 people, are you able to do six feet apart? Or? On the on the hypotenuse? Yes. Yes, we talked about this. I have. I, have, I um, wanted to know if it was still working. Uh, it's mostly working. Um, I think that my project on our virtual Friday might be that I put stage directions on the floor. Because um, today in particular, what I noticed was that students were following the letter of the law, but not the spirit. So they were sitting in the spot that I had X'd for their class period. So there's pink X's, which is first period and fourth period. And then gray X's, which is third period. So only one period sits in the gray X spot, which means it's actually the cleanest chair. Okay. Um, yeah, because nobody else has been there. Right. They're the only ones. Right. But <clears throat> just because you're sitting in your pink X spot, if you push the desk around you're breaking the rules because you're not like the desk is also placed in a spot where it meets on purpose right so you can't like tilt your desk you can't move it you can't do that stuff is it hard for them like you know they're not trying to skirt the rules is it just that i mean it's just that they're bot they have bodies and they want to be comfortable like Mm -hmm. i don't like not being comfortable and neither do they and frankly i think the other thing that we didn't kind of um think through when we planned on having like virtual classrooms and like doing it in such a way where like even if you're in person you're doing a lot in front of a screen um people's eyes aren't really designed for that you know so like today and i think i'm going to keep doing it for um all of my classes um every 10 minutes i just had like a two minute stretch period because i was like 
Yeah, because they can't move. You can't. You're, and not only that, but you're, you know, I don't want to be like, you're little. Because, you know, they're seventh graders. Like, they're not little, little. But, um, you know, if I, as an adult, am experiencing bodily discomfort because I have to stay in this position and look at the screen and it's, like, hurting my eyes and hurting my this and hurting my that, then, you know, I know that you, as a little kid, who have less experience being uncomfortable than I do, mm-hmm. you know, um, you can't be loving it either. Mm-hmm. So, um, how much content do you get through? Um, not as much as I would like. Um, I th- I would like to say that I'm getting better about it. I know my co-teacher who has been teaching for ten years, so obviously, like a lot, like um, a lot longer than me. Um, I think she's been getting through more. Um, I think that for those of us who are new teachers, that it's not going to be. It's this is going to be a really hard year to be successful um and how long are your periods my periods are 75 minutes Jesus. which is part of the reason why i was like every 10 minutes let's like do something that keeps your eyes off the screen because like you do get muscle fatigue yeah and maybe i'm a little bit more sensitive to this i actually had a really good friend in graduate school who um permanently pulled her eye muscles jesus yeah she couldn't read anything on a screen for about three months because she had been looking at a screen for so long she had been Dang looking it. at a screen and like i, reading I don't st- do that i mean i think she also like she was in graduate school she was um working and like also was like editing a script and like yeah. you know i think she was like really glued to her screen yeah like, you lot. know what i thought about doing this year just a side note mm-hmm. um since we're talking about is asking students to mail in their papers what are you trying to do die I don't take papers back. I tell them to take a picture of the paper and send it to me. I, you know, I can't. I'm tired of looking at a screen. Oh, I. But th- that's I see what, what I you're mean. saying. I yeah. see what you're saying. I want them to mail in a hard copy of the paper because I just. I'm tired of looking at a screen. I'm tired of reading on a screen. I'm just tired of. Why it. don't My you just have are, them? Why don't you just have them read the paper aloud? I don't want to no. Have them read a pa- a thirty page paper to me out loud? No, well, ma'am. I mean, well, I think that that's oh. the thing is that you're gonna have uh-uh. to. No, I'm oh. I'm being serious though. Like, um, one of the things that we're all gonna have to do is I'm not listening to somebody read a thirty. page I don't paper. want you to, but I'm saying you could also assign a different assignment. Have them write a dramatic monologue. We're talking about doctoral students. Oh, they're gonna hate that. Never mind. Yeah, just have them send you a thirty page paper and just keep it out in your car for two days so that the the heat and the UV kill it. I'm serious. <laughs> like, that's how we used to... You know, that works for bed bugs, too. What? Uh, taking the stuff and tying it in a plastic bag like a garbage bag. And then leave it out. Leave your car in a parking lot with no trees in it. I'm going to just, like, leave it parked out there for, like, three or four days and it'll kill the bed bugs. Do you know that this is a complete... And here we go. We are getting derailed. Why? Because we're following the mind Maria. You know what? Um, that is news people need to know. Right. So I was going to follow along with you and go along this trail. Oh, you're resisting the temptation? Yes. And say about the bed bugs, I actually stayed in a hotel in Champaign, Illinois. Um, on a... I think I had just become a professor there, but for some reason I was in a hotel. Oh, I know why. Because my mother and I were traveling, going to um, Minneapolis. Anyway, so we drove through. And we stayed at a... Um, is it a home to suites? It was one of the Hilton hotels. Oh, the Homewood Suites. No, not Homewood. Oh, good. Home to suites. Home to suites. And they had bed bugs. No. And I act yes, and the bed bug bit me. I had bed bug bites and I saw the bed bug crawling. And I was like, What is this? And so it was crawl it was just crawling. I took a picture of it and then I collected it and I took it to the front desk and they ended up uh crediting me and I told them if they didn't Shut it down. I was going to call the Board of Health. Well, you you know what? You should have had them credit you and called the Board of Health. I know. I should have. But I gave. I, I let them be responsible. But I did um, call their corporate office, and it was really itchy. And now I'm scared to um, – I'll, I'll, I won't stay at a home to suites anymore. Well, at least that one in Champagne. But anyway, so before we go further, further, further off course – you are teaching hybrid. Hybrid. I'm teaching hybrid for... So the way it works at my school is that the first... My first... So middle school has yellow weeks and I believe red weeks. What? Yellow weeks are what would be our B days. Okay. So it flip-flops. So like... 
Why? Did you see this comedian? Did I send you the um, video of the lady who was a principal? She's a comedian. What was she saying? She, um, it was a Zoom. She was thanking parents for filling out the 72 surveys, and they didn't listen to any of them. They made up their own version of what school was going to look like. And she, anyway, she's a comedian. I'm going to send it to you. So she did this thing. Uh, she did the same thing. You're going to be on A days and B days, but on the days that you're on an A day, you're actually going to be on a C day. And it was, it's just Yeah, terrible. no, that's, I mean, it's, I, I you know, I have a lot of regrets about <laughs> because it took me like, 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 I don't think you understand how many. So like I've said before about the passion planner, you can print out sheets. I don't know how many forests I went through before I was just like, F, heck it. Heckity heck it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna color code the days. Because I kept being like, so on such and so day, it's an A day, but they're not calling it an A day, it's a red day, but I don't want to use red for my I'm gonna send you this comedian because you're gonna fall out. Because it is just insanity. Yeah, just stay over there. You finally got on Yeah, I finally got it. I finally figured out how to get lucky. Did you forget your password? Yeah, I did. Anyway. Anyway. Oh, the other fun thing, the other fun thing, and this is, maybe this is just a, a Dr. Maria issue. Um, I, it uh, probably is. Probably, yeah. So um, it took a little bit for Jefferson Parish to, like, bring, get all the Google products that they've said that they wanted to use to, like, have them all in alignment. So I had saved a lot of my passwords for, like, separate services with LastPass, which is my favorite thing. So they're all random numbers. Like, they're literally just random numbers, and I have one password I remember, and then I have to log into LastPass, get the random number, and then put it in as a password. <laughs> so now that we have to use Google for everything, um, the Google Chrome that they have for the school is protected, so I can't put LastPass on it. Oh, dang it. And so the students are constantly like, so... <laughs> Every day you have to learn your password? Yeah, because it's a straight up... Why don't you just write it down? I Maria. started doing it today, and it was such an epiphany. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and then the students are just... And they're so... Um, not... Like, the 11th graders are helpful. Like, the 11th graders will be like... Have you just, have you ever seen someone just like touch the screen and just pinch it and like make it bigger? Have you ever tried Zoom? Have you ever tried Zooming it in? Because like we can't really, the picture's not very high resolution. So, you know, maybe if you just zoomed in on the screen, we could all see it better. Um, and why didn't, you know this. Why but I can't, but and this is what I was like, we can't. It's actually just a book. We are looking at my, because the, because you know, the internet went down. So, oh, so you did use like the I was camp, using the docu camera. I was using, yeah, I was using not even the docu camera. I was using my Kindle book that I had saved because obviously, as a researcher, I save Kindle books onto my laptop so I can read them. Sometimes I like reading, um, and so I was like, yeah. And as far as I know, you can. It's simply impossible. You can't zoom in on Kindle pages. <laughs> and then one of the students, very quietly from the back, was like, I'm pretty sure we could. And then I was just like, well, we're not right now. <laughs> so you just were, I'm going to be the grown-up right like, now. Like, right now, we're not doing that. Wow. We're just going to do a document analysis, and maybe you can't read the captions, and that's just going to have to be okay for that's you. That's crazy. Yeah. So the hybrid teaching is interesting for you right now. The hybrid teaching makes me want to invest in overtone to cover up all of the grades I will have by the end of this year. Yeah. Overtone, get at me. Over what is overtone? Overtone is a deep conditioner color depositing dye. My what? sister has a subscription to you it. You stop. Don't tell everybody what she has. Oh, my sister doesn't have a subscription <laughs> to it. Is well, we won't say which sister it is. Yeah, I have two and they they're both stunningly gorgeous. So, you know. I mean, wearing dyeing your hair doesn't mean you're It like doesn't gorgeous. mean anything. Like, but the thing I like about it is that it's really good for curly hair. You've so, used it? Yeah, I used it when I had my hair purple, which I stopped doing because literally the day I dyed my hair purple was the day school shut down. And oh. so I came in and I was like, because, you know, I taught high schoolers before. So I was like, oh, I'm going to come in and like, I'm going to be super cool because I'm going to have my purple hair. In, and this is going to be great because, you know, no more boring Dr. V. I'm going to have purple hair. And no one noticed because like we were in the middle of a pandemic. So, yeah. 
Oh, that's so funny. That's yeah. so Maria. <laughs> wow. I made two kids notice and compliment me before they You left made it. them. You were like, do you see that I have purple hair? Yeah. Hmm. That's, yeah, that's what they said. That's huh. great. Yeah, so I haven't been keeping up what's going on with Orleans Parish. I don't know. I hope so whoever is listening, can y'all tell me if school... Can you call in, maybe? Oh, yeah. We have you a know phone what? number. We, I've just been falling asleep at the wheel. Please call us at 504-582-9422-504-582-9422. Call in. Yay. Call us. We're just sitting here chatting because why? We didn't, I don't know, a lot going on. Honestly, because I think that we all needed a little bit of a break from talking about the election. We do. And I always feel like, what was going on? So last week, wasn't it a hurricane last, last week? Last week was, or was, was it a week ago? like a hurricane. Yeah. It was a hurricane? I think so. I don't you know. know last week was days. not a hurricane. Oh. The week before was. And then okay. last week, we our schedule for interviewing candidates got jostled because of the hurricane. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And then we're now a week after, and there's really no reason not to have people on the show, except that I forgot. Oh, you know why I forgot? I mean, I know why I forgot. But why did you forget? I remembered right now why I forgot. Why? Because we have uh, someone in the executive office who has um, is in a full-on attack on... Oh, the diversity thing, I'm a bobber. The elect- intellectual, you know, anything that is threatening to uh, what he perceives as a... Um, he perceives it to be un-American. Anything that's a criticism of the history of the U.S., which, you know, is documents. not like people are, you know, making stuff up or revising history. All of this is documented. We well, know this. have you considered that maybe... If your ancestors didn't hate America, they wouldn't have been slaves. Mm-hmm. Why do you say that? I don't know. I'm trying to imagine what a Trump supporter would say. Uh, oh, that because you hate America, your yeah. your ancestors are slaves. Except yeah. for is that like, so they were kidnapped from Africa because they didn't like America, which didn't really exist as we know it. That's my thing with it. Is like some of the projects that he's going after include material from before America was America because right. he's actually specifically targeting the 1619 project. 1619, hello, 1776. I don't think he knows I don't think he knows when America became a thing. You know, so um so a group of my colleagues um in critical race theory scholars, we posted a statement in response to the memo M-20-34 um, that uh, Russell Vought signed that bans um, uh, what he calls, uh, what did they say, virtually all, so what is it, for the, they're banning training mm-hmm. that um, uh, they don't want to, they are banning the expenditure of taxpayer dollars that go to training government workers to believe divisive and anti-American propaganda. And specifically, they name critical race theory Mm -hmm. um, and critical race theory, white privilege, or any other training or propaganda effort that teaches or suggests either one, that the United States is inherently racist or evil country, um, two, that any race or ethnicity is inherently racist or evil, in addition, all agencies should be able to identify all available avenues within the law to cancel any such contracts and or divert federal dollars away from these un-American propaganda training sessions. So we wrote a, a statement. Um, one, it's just a miss. One, it's a conflation of critical race theory with, quote unquote, diversity training. Critical race theory is actually a um, a, 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 a a theory. It's a scholarly um, but like a theory, like how gravity is a theory. It's like a, right. it's an apparatus that right. you use that has explanatory power for right. observed phenomenon. Yes. So it's not a theory like I have a theory that there's, you know, that the earth is flat or something like right. that. Like it's something that's provable, that's employed in the social sciences. Yes, yes, And yes. that's been, it's it's an apparatus that's been taken to other fields and yes. used effectively there. Yes. And diversity training is not a theory. Right. It is a, it's practitioner-based. It's not, you know, I'm not uh, being elitist here. It's not mouth noises. Right. It, but it's it's a, you know, it's it's like getting trained to, you know, 
learn how to use a smart board. It's a, you know, it's a, it's it, diversity training is a way of, you know, professional development for um, employees or, you know, people in, in, in a broad range of fields. So, but critical race theory is not that. Now, in diversity training, people may employ critical race theory. Right. But critical race theory is not a diversity training mechanism. Right. So he conflates that and that I, I am not aware of any in the in the body of literature, this critical race theory um, that falls within critical race theory where people describe America as evil or no. white people as evil. No, now, I don't know what diversity trainers do because I'm not a diversity trainer. Um so I don't know if diversity trainers have no, used that no. parlance, but we, I did, um, back in the olden days of 2000, I was, a uh, part of like a, a training thing for both, um, like dorm communities. Smith college doesn't have dorms. We have houses, but they're functionally the same. And I also did a set of, um, trainings for leading conversations about diversity on campus. Um, you know, and like, it was fairly rigorous like we met once a week there was a curriculum i think i might have got a certificate in it i actually don't remember because it was so long ago but mostly what we talked about were different like it was an application of a theory and so like i would say that it combines pedagogical strategies in terms of workshopping um you know team building um analogy making stuff like that um and classroom management almost yeah. I, I mean i could say that um i've, I've sat in on um professional diversity yeah. and equity people and and so that's a cottage industry yeah right and there are there i think that it's ripe for criticism yes um much some of it that i've observed is quote-unquote untested yes so um there are Rituals. There's language. There's a culture around diversity right. and equity um, that um, that you know kind of breeds other. It, it, there's a certain language, so it becomes kind of a um, cult of personality. Yeah, yeah. And that's not necessarily quote unquote scientific. It's just you know it makes sense that you would um, you would have a set of rules for engagement when you're in a diversity session. Right. So there are, you know, these, some language that I've heard people, there are agreements. Um, and um, some of it may be informed by, so counselor education has done a lot of work around right. um, racial identity mm -hmm. and how people understand difference and um, understand race, their own, and and others, um, and I think some of that work informs it. But the but the actual design of diversity and equity training is is fairly not not well researched yet. It's not well researched, but I would say that for some of um, the trainings that that are most directly under um, under criticism, that. They're backed up by, like, some fairly solid social science research. So, like, uh, the guy that I had shared to our page earlier this week, he actually organized the White Privilege Conference. Um, he's The not, Eddie Moore guy? The Eddie Moore guy, yeah. Um, and he's not necessarily my favorite person, but I know some of the names of the people who have presented at the conference. Um, so at least that's bringing in people who are reputable and who like. But the, here's the thing. Yeah. So, for instance, like if you read Eduardo Benicio's book, Racism Without Racist, mm -hmm. he's a social scientist. He's yeah. not someone who. So he observes phenomena. But he'll, you know, he he reluctantly, even if you read the, I don't even know what version of Racism Without Racism he's, he's on. But at the end, he reluctantly added in, I think, a chapter a chapter on implications because that's not really what he does but people mm -hmm. want to know well what do you think we should do and he's like i don't know my don't job know is explanatory right. my yeah, job I'm just isn't looking like at prescriptive and so even when social scientists come to do like rob like what's her name d'angelo yeah yeah the workshops that she does i mean she is a, in in teacher education but she just she didn't research that that's just a book d'angelo who Robin D'Angelo, the White Fragility. Oh, I so don't she does, like her. Uh, yeah, she does all these workshops. Yeah, on, but that's not that's an that's a misapplication of. But what I'm saying is, yeah. just because people study something, may yeah. study a phenomena, right, doesn't mean that they know 
that they understand how to apply it so that people change their behaviors. Right. And I think that's the that's what happens in diversity and equity training is that often people um, read studies, right? right? They might read they might read Eduardo's book, Racism Without Racism. Yeah, in fact, I know I've people been assigned that. that in many diversity um, and equity trainings. And then um, people want to apply it to you know behavior change, you know, changing their behavior, and it it wasn't necessarily designed for that, right? It was designed to have us think about, hey, this is something that we he observed that you know why do we have kind of persistent, um, why do we have these surveys that say that race is, that racism is different, right? That we've that we've made gains in terms of um, eradicating racist beliefs and behaviors, and yet when we look at disparities, we see that. We have admission um, disparities and or um, resistances to affirmative action and other diversity policies. How could that be if we've made these gains in eradicating racism or discrimination? And so we just need to ask a different question or we're looking at the problem different. We're looking at we're asking um, the the question using an old instrument, instrument, right. which is what his which argument is what was. His argument. Um, and so then we try to apply that to a diversity and equity training. And I think it's it gets lost in the translation because we often, you know, immediately go to application all the time when we see research. Yeah, and that's that's skipping a step with what he's trying to do. Yeah, so I say all that to say is that we take issue with the conflation of critical race theory with diversity and equity training and that it certainly is a distortion at best and a misrepresentation at worst of what the work does. Right. Right. But either way, it seems like diversity and equity trainings like that's not something like i like if you want to put on a different evaluation criteria for diversity and equity training like that's one conversation you know maybe you want to you know like i think silva would probably say like maybe you could drum up a different instrument to evaluate the effectiveness of your diversity and equity training in terms of hiring practices or in terms of employee retention or in terms right. of promotion or something like that <laughs> um and you wanted to add in a metric for success you know, like, I think that would be appropriate. But to say that diversity and equity training simply is not something that the federal government should be, you know, spending money on, to me, seems very short-sighted. Mm-hmm. Except that we don't really know concretely what they do, right? Diversity and equity trainings? Yeah. I mean, I, w- I would say, I, I mean, I'm trying to think back to, like, back when I was in D.C. Um, I know that I had to do, like, a... Uh, sorry i got i got like leaning back thinking in my brain um i know that we had to do a specific like diversity and equity training before evaluating like grants and stuff like that for the department of education but in my opinion it was more like just a checklist of here are some racist assumptions you might have about different school you programs. did that so i i've reviewed when well, we never did diversity and equity training I don't know why we did it, to be honest with you. Um, We did, like, I didn't deliver it, um, but they had brought in, like, a panel of, like, community leaders or community activists to, like, evaluate grant proposals. This was Mm -hmm. back when they were still doing the the Bill Gates uh, challenge thing where they were going to match, like, a particular pot of money. Um, So we had to do, like, a almost like a video I feel yeah. like yeah, and yeah, then yeah. have like a checklist that we used yeah. as part of our rubric and it wasn't the evaluation procedures because like at the time I was like so is this an official part of how we're evaluating programs yeah um and I mean it was problematic because they were conflating I remember that they were conflating diversity with low income yeah um and you know uh here's the thing here's my issue with diversity and equity training which sounds ironic because I'm a critical race theorist no but I mean they're not the same thing so. they're not the same thing but I you know it I'm not opposed to people learning information. What my concern is, yeah. is because I've, I've actually observed and, and um, I have some colleagues who are looking, this, looking at this in terms of ed leadership, yeah. um, that my observation is that districts will, it, one, it's an industry, yep. that there, I know, there's, there are a couple of kind of paid professional DEI people who mm-hmm. are almost millionaires um, and are very close to it. They yeah. make a healthy living. And this is all they do is go and do diversity and equity training. 
And <clears throat> from my observation, just from a school district perspective, that many of those leaders who invest in the diversity and equity training are gone mm. within two to three years. Um, and um, either they're forced out, most often I think it's they're forced out because it the, 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 the trainings that I've seen, white people go through a lot. It's very emotional for them, and I think it, it's traumatic for them. There's a lot of, you know, yeah. emotional, psychological trauma to to dispel so what they hear is what the 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 executive office has put out is that you may not say that you may say white privilege what they hear is white people are evil and that's not the same thing right yeah what they hear is that there's a history of racism in the u.s we have it documented we could look at almost every group even including poor white people, right? Mm -hmm. Certainly white women, that every group has been oppressed in America, and there's a history of that. It's, you know, we can look it's at in current the events, right? We can look at current events. What they hear is America is evil, and I hate America. That's what they, that's what I believe they hear, and I believe that's traumatic for them. And so um, my observation is that, that they're, that people, as long as that superintendent is in po power, I will just be quiet mm. and put my head down until we can get a critical mass of people to put them out, and um, and then we just have to we just have to um, persevere, mm. right? And then, but there's no material. And here, so here's my other criticism. So then, there's no material change in the district if the superintendent leaves. But also, I haven't seen where districts have changed dramatically. As a result of the diversity and equity training, they may put out white papers, they may um, have statements on their websites, they may mandate that everyone reads, you know, books, because when people do diversity and equity training, oh, there's, always, there's a always a book. There's always a book. Um, and this is how people become the millionaires, because they require that the district, every group that I know, and I know, I know consultants, single consultants who are colleagues who, have, you know, the money is making the writing the book. So they write the book, and then the book sells, right? And they make a ton of money. So they make money on the professional development, but they're certainly going to make money on the book because they mandate that you buy their book. And people buy the book, but what changes materially for children? What changes for if it's teachers or cafeteria staff who are or custodial staff who are underpaid, who, you know, in what way do the, the lives of the people who are most oppressed in the school district change as a result of the diversity and equity training? I don't see it happening. And, and so it, actually, to me, it just seems. And again, you know, as a critical, I just don't see that this particular it's it's a very neoliberal from my perspective way of thinking about um quote unquote change. And it's I actually I I actually am surprised, not because I think that diversity and equity trainings deliver real change all the time. I don't think that they do. Um but what I'm surprised about is that at least in at from what I've observed, and maybe this is just because I'm thinking about like Bucknell or even OSU to a lesser extent, um They'll offer the diversity and equity training, but that's a band-aid to hide yes. the real violence exactly. of institutional racism. Exactly. But it doesn't end up with people being put out. It just becomes like a shield that you can like kind of tout as yeah. like, this is a thing that I did. So yeah. when you started talking about like the superintendents or whomever being forced out, I thought you were going to go towards they're using it for like part oh, of the political I absolutely trajectory. Think it, it, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, I absolutely think yeah, that they yeah. do. Um I also think, and we think about the case of here in New Orleans. That's what I was thinking about. Um, you know, one of the candidates that we interviewed is touting this. You know, they've they've put an RFP out for equity and diversity training. One, I already think it's a fixed game. They have somebody in mind. If yeah, it's not a local person, it's somebody from Harvard. Because that's just all, all the roads lead to Harvard. Yeah. Um, so it's either somebody from Boston or Cambridge or associated with Harvard, or it's somebody local, and they already have someone in mind. And then and it's it'll somebody, be... It's, and somebody with a track record yeah. that you'd be able... A quote-unquote track record. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be a box that they ticked so right. that they'll continue to, you know, treat people poorly. They'll mm -hmm. continue to... Um, maintain the status quo, right? right? They won't serve students. They won't serve staff. They won't make um, 
They won't make substantive changes to how they practice. Um, it'll just be what well, we did the diversity and equity training. And because it will we heard offset the blame it. for those issues that you're bringing up from being a structural issue associated with the school district or the school board to being individual issues that are associated either with school leadership or with individual teachers not you know, knowing how to act. And the other thing about it is it also reduces it to an issue of ignorance. Yeah. Um, and makes it makes um, treating people in a racist manner or in a sexist manner go from being an active choice that someone makes in support of the status quo or larger structural issues um, to being uh, you just haven't attended enough diversity training. Yeah. But that being said... I'm not. I don't love the policy. The policy oh, statement. No, yeah. I think like the policy, I statement, the policy, is, statement, think is the policy statement is 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 Looney Tunes. Yeah. Um, because even even with all my issues with diversity training, it's just a, again, it's a distortion. And again, I've been to some really good diversity trainings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I mean, granted, like the ones that I've been to, the organizations also no longer exist because it turns out that. When you are trying to create a space to acknowledge, like for our thing, it was the domestic violence shelter one. So we attended some really good diversity trainings about like acknowledging like different speech patterns and, you know, stuff like that. So we definitely ran out of money um, and the organization no longer exists. Well, and ideally you should you should you should be run out of business. Right. I mean, I mean, that would you, be the you dream. Should, yeah. yeah. Right. So you should do your work so well that you're not needed anymore. And I and but that's not what diversity trainings do. And no. that's not what charter schools do either. No, no. So that's my issue with diversity training. I do think the statement was, um, it just represented, again, just the ignorance, the profound ignorance and and um, refusal to acknowledge the histories of people of color. and As American history. As Yeah, that it's a separate history, that it's also not true, that... Any criticism, I mean, the fact that, you know, for us, and I know you would agree, that that you are, that he is willing to obstruct dissent is un-American. Yes, That's not patriotic. That's unpatriotic, is to say that you can't be critical. And uh, my good friend KG always teases me because I say it's fascist. We are slowly, or not even slowly. No, we have a checklist in my classroom of, like, signs you're in a fascist state. And we are... Number four. Yes. There's only six things on the poster. I mean, certainly he wants to, you know, he's 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 firm. Well, not firmly, but he's he is uh, tiptoeing into totalitarianism. I think the only thing I think the only two things we're missing, if I'm remembering my poster correctly, is we don't refer to the leader <laughs> was as like a patronomic. So we don't call him like my father. Right. Or our dear leader. Like we yes. don't like. But he would want that. Oh my God! I mean, because, he would yeah, I mean, love I think it. he said he something about that. I think he's uh, early on in his presidency. He praised Kim Jong Un, right? You don't yeah, remember he that? Did. Yeah, he did. He did do that. There's been a lot that's happened since he I became mean, president. <laughs> like it's like we're just, you know. Anyway, so I had to remind another teacher because uh, she was like, there was a third teacher we were talking about who. Has said who is a Trump supporter and was like, I'm finally seeing that I'm anti-Trump, um, or that I should be anti-Trump, and we were like, oh, it took like a pandemic for her to see that, and you know the teacher was in question was an English language learner's teacher, and we were talking back and forth, and I was like, yeah, like I just don't know that I can trust her, um, like with my students because, yeah. you know, like there were kids in cages, like who are still in cages, who are also still in cages during a pandemic, but like. It's the idea that she might have to return to work in a pandemic that was like, maybe I can't support Trump. And the other teacher I was like having this discussion with looked at me straight in the face and she was like, I forgot about the kids in cages. <laughs> and it's you know, so much. It's so much. It's, it's so, so much to much. process. And the thing, you know, coming the, the uh, like they say, you know, they start all fascist dictatorial leaders start with thought intellectual they yeah. they attack our very way of thinking and being they close it off the media mm-hmm. the universities the, you know so you keep people ignorant you attack ideas and any kind of dissent um rational thought and dissent you you know you disparage and distort 
and dismiss and um we should all be terrified i mean we really should we should be we should be terrified so we we put a statement out we got about 100 so far today we had 150 signatories mm-hmm. um so that's exciting and tomorrow we're doing a teach in um and the teach in is to kind of explain what critical race theory is so for people who uh, may not know i've had friends who said can i you know my uh, conservative friends. A, a lot of people. Is this open to anyone? Yeah. Just know, you know, I ain't. You're not gonna come on my on our page and be disrespectful and you know. I mean, you, you should already know that by now. If you come on, it's our not. Facebook it's page. not going down how they think it's going down. I mean, don't I, look. Try Jesus. Don't try me. Is all I'm saying. But um, <laughs> we will block people. And here's the thing. It's it's not. You can be critical. You can raise questions. You can push back. Don't be disrespectful. What I'm not going to have is, you know, and we, uh, we've we just seen people um, come out and just be blatantly racist right. um, and disrespectful, and we won't tolerate that. Um, what is fine, and as, you know, as someone, I've done this work for since 1990-something. Gosh. Um, that I am accustomed to... Um, not being believed, right? Um, having the work dismissed or called um, not rigorous. I did a job talk once and on my research here in New Orleans, and someone said that I, it was just um, it was just investigative journalism. But isn't that? But but they're wrong and they're. they're I did a job. I I went. I won't say the institution, but I went somewhere. Um, recently and gave a talk and they were mad at me like openly hostile Hmm. um and one white male asked me if i thought the teach for america was a bad thing for new orleans and i said yeah i i think so and i i actually was trying not to say the teach for america i didn't say it in my talk i just you know showed the connections between teach for america and i'm a teach for america alumna 1991 but i showed the connections between the growing the growth of the charter movement and and the role of Teach for America that it, here in New Orleans, um, and the reach of alums in various industries in the city that were related to the growing gentrification of the city, and that's the observation, right? I'm a social scientist. So like, I'm making feel, that observation. If, if you feel some kind of way about it, then maybe you should look at yourself in your life because, like. Telling the truth. If I put everything that you did and I put it in order and then I say it and it makes you uncomfortable, you should change what you did. And so, and he asked, so I had my little slide up. Are you saying that Teach for America was bad for? Do you think that's what he said? Do you think Teach for America? It was Teach for America was bad. It was bad that Teach for America came to New Orleans. I do. And here's the reason why. It's not like I'm just making yeah, I stuff put up. The words in or- right. I put the things in order and I just, you know. So I say all that to say is that I'm I'm accustomed to the pushback. I don't mind the pushback. I don't mind the question. It's to me, it's, you know, it's it's fine. That's what you're supposed to do and healthy intellectual, you know, discourse and dialogue. Um, but what I won't tolerate is um, someone using epithets, ep- epithets and um, calling people out of their name or you know we just won't tolerate that but we will be on facebook live it's gonna be it's gonna be lit i think so and you know what maria on our page we had fifteen thousand, almost sixteen thousand. yeah we, we had a lot of shares for it as well yeah. it got picked up by um uh a couple of days ago i think that you created a pages that we follow who then followed us back oh did i I guess. I mean, I don't think I did. I might have. I do a lot of stuff in my you sleep. You do. Yeah, I do a lot of stuff in my You're sleep. You're very prolific. I try to be. You are. Thanks. I, I appreciate the way you manage our page. Thank you. Do you do a good job. You put I've really actually, good stuff up. I actually have been reading a book called social media optimization really and i'm trying to get better at it well you're you're doing really well i just wish you would put our podcast up on the you know website. what um that's why i actually started reading the book because um i'll i will say this in and front here of we god are and traversing everyone. no i'll put this in front of god and jazz and you um after i started designing our webpage. Um, I realized I've never designed a web page for a podcast before, 
And I was like, I'm going to just pick this button that says podcast settings. What could go wrong? And now I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> so <laughs> I am planning on talking with one of the middle schoolers. I oh, plan wow. on talking to a seventh grader um, to see if they'll help me fix my website. Because I teach at a science and technology academy. You should be able to So one of those kids can help me. And I'm going to give him a Snickers. That's awesome. You're great. Thanks. So oh, we had a lot of hits BT on BT Dubs in class today. Um, we uh, we had a whole session. Uh, we had like a whole session where because I have to take I'm still taking classes to become a better teacher, guys. So like this is like a passion of mine, and um, it's actually against the rules. So that Snickers thing was a joke, is what I'm saying. Oh, you it's can't a, give we Snickers. cannot give food to kids. Can you give him a book? Yes, okay. and that and I actually have a book I'm gonna give him. That's awesome. But um. What's happened now is that the teacher I have for the class, every time he puts us into breakout rooms and comes to listen to us, he catches me when I'm like, what the heck? Back in, according to some of the other teachers I work with, back in the olden days, you could just say, kids, if I get observed, act good and I'll buy you a box of donuts. And you're saying that at the time somebody... Every time he comes into the classroom, and it's happened like four times now, and it's getting to the point where... Just don't say it. You know what? Because that's what I said. Because I was like, you know, you keep coming into into the classroom when I say something unethical. And he was like, yeah, you seem to say... You say it a lot. Um, yeah. So you can call us at 504-582-9422. I forgot to say that again. Um, uh, so anyway, we're doing this teaching tomorrow. It'll be on Facebook Live, 10 a.m. to 1130 Central Standard Time. Join us from our web page, our web page, from our Facebook page. Um, I don't know how Instagram would go over live because actually it'll probably just be me although i could uh if you did it by zoom you might, i am doing it by zoom yeah but if you did it by zoom with like your with you know the fancy account you can stream directly from the zoom thing to facebook live that's yeah, what we're yeah, doing yeah yeah but yeah. if somebody i'll check in the settings maybe and see if there's a way to i'm gonna google multiple streams multiple i don't know it looks like it I didn't like get to can... that chapter yet, so. Well, so what I may do is put up my little uh, tripod. Isn't that what this is called? A tripod? Yeah. Tripod and have my. I mean, no, because it doesn't have three legs. What is this? It's a stick. Girl, this does have three <laughs> legs. Goodbye, Maria. So anyway, I'm going to use my tripod and put the phone up and be on Instagram Live, and so I'll probably have the camera off my shoulder. I'm going to try to do that. I actually have a tripod, and I just haven't put it up. For no good reason other than I just haven't used it. Which I could bring it here every week and I just don't. Man, I gotta do better. Um, anyway, so we're doing the teaching for an hour and a half and it's really designed for non academics, although, you know, academics certainly are welcome to join, but that's not the intended audience. The intended audience is for people who don't know what critical race theory is, but yet they hear that the president has banned it um, in any um, federal um, workshops and trainings. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to also talk about, you know, I think, I hope uh, we have a great lineup of people. And so uh, Danny Salarzano at UCLA, Gloria Letson-Billings from Wisconsin. What? Yeah, we have some good people. Gerardo Lopez from Michigan State. Enrique Alaman from Trinity, formerly at UT University of Texas at at San Antonio. Um, Tondika Chapman at UC San Diego. Tara Yasu at UC Santa Barbara. Jamel Donner at the College of William and Mary. Um, Kevin Lawrence Henry at Wisconsin. It's a whole list of people. Joyce McCall from um, Illinois with me. Cece Suarez at University of Florida. So we have a lineup. This is actually like if you're into critical race theory, especially critical race theory involving education, this is like somebody listing off like Jazz Fest. Yeah. So if you really want to find out about, yeah, if you want to have folks um, learn what critical race theory means for education and I think less, maybe somewhat for teaching in the classroom too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're this They're it's not going to talk about it's like lay ad, It's for lay audience. Yeah, yeah. And it really is. We're we're um, we do have some Q and A time built in um, because it's Facebook Live. People will have to comment 
um, from Facebook. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be, you know, monitoring the Facebook comments just so that we can, you know, amplify yeah, particular yeah. questions. Um, and uh, so we we set aside a block of time. It's an hour and a half because I felt like who wants to sit on a computer? You know, everybody's living on Zoom. So, you know, we want to kind of enough time. Hour was not long enough. An hour and a half is good. Two hours, I think, would have been too long. Um, and I'm hoping that it doesn't look like a conference because I don't want it to be like a conference. But um, we have Gloria Latson-Billings starting us off, kind of giving us landscape. We'll go. We'll have questions. Um, we'll talk about you know how the how folks who have um, who do critical race theory how they're taking up particular um, how they're taking up critical race theory in their work. We'll go to questions. Um, Danny Salarzno is going to give us some kind of insight about what does this mean right now. We'll go to questions. So we're trying to make it as interactive as possible. Um, I wanted to avoid doing Zoom because honestly, I, I thought that. Um, it would be difficult to manage yeah. um, doing a teaching on Zoom with a lot of people you don't know. Yeah. Um, and uh, the university account doesn't allow for webinars, which is really weird. Um, yeah, that is weird. But yeah, I've seen so some Zooms. Um, I know Crooked Media has been Crooked Media has been doing Zoom for their um, uh, vote their their voting access mm. uh, what activities. Is, what is Crooked Media? Crooked Media puts together one of the podcasts that I like really admire. It's called Pod Save America. Oh, and they're yeah. all former Obama staffers. Okay. Somebody um, wanted to know about the thing when it. So it's going to be tomorrow. Tomorrow is Thursday because today is Wednesday. Tomorrow on the NOLA Ed for Liberation Facebook page from 10 a.m. to 11.30 Central Standard Time. Yes. So you don't have to sign into Zoom. You just go on to Facebook Live. Yeah. So, oh, I've heard who the, they work. What's uh, what's the guy's name? They used to work for Obama. Yeah, there's a couple of them. There's um, John Favreau. Yes, that's yep. the one I remember. Favreau I just would remember be the one name. you would remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like their show. I do too. Um, what I actually like is a lot of their like crowd organizing methods. So they've been doing these really cool like um, Zoom training sessions. These Zoom training sessions where they bring on like 200, 250 people. And we'll just, like, conduct a training on how to, um, you know, organize around voting access or organize around, um, you know, particular particular states and um, their political issues. So I think those have been, like, really cool. And I was surprised by how well organized they were mm. um, because it looked like they almost had somebody, like, they had the people who were the panelists and then someone else whose sole job was to monitor the chat and to reply to like frequently asked questions in the chat, but then yep. to refer more specific questions to the panelists. Yeah, that's what we. Um, that's the thing we set up. Yeah, I'm. I'm really look proud at of you the guys. Order. I know best practices. I know. I know. Girl, I made all the little flyers. I've been a busy. They're actually really cute. Are they? They're super cute. What do you use to make the flyers? Canva. I was gonna say that looked like some Canva work. Yes, I used Canva. And uh, I thought I tried to Google like images of critical race just to see what would pop up. And of course, Derek Bell's face. But then I felt like a little weird about using his face because, you know, it's his face. It's his face. And, you know, I, because my father's passed away, I just would feel weird to see someone advertising their event with my dad's face. Yeah. So, um, so I decided not to use um, his image because it just didn't seem. For future Fair. reference, uh, Women of Color and Tech um, has, they've taken a bunch of pictures of, like, women of color doing stuff with, like, laptops and, like, you know, like, you know, like, just, just stock photos. Uh-huh. And you can use them all for free. Awesome. And I've found many ways to, like, sneak them into stuff, which That's I think nice. is cool. Yeah. yeah. So I just took the, t- I just took the cover of our book and... Oh, or yeah, maybe if you have a book, you could just use the cover of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I just I figured that would be easier than, you know, somebody's face. I just made it more transparent and then put text over it. I was I was working yesterday, girl. Girl, you deserve to take a break, but not tomorrow because you gotta tomorrow, talk. Yo, I know. So we're doing that, and um, you know, I'm just. Um, I am worried about uh, what all this means. So my sister was like, you know, this is going to put you on a, 
list. But I mean, you're already on a list. I'm sure. A I list mean, of if, awesome, cool people who will never get invited to the White House. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that's right so So, party in the postal museum y'all that's so funny what are they gonna do if they're if they're saying that they don't want to spend taxpayer dollars on um diversity and equity training and anything that's like un-american what are they going to do about the national museum of women in the arts uh the national museum of african-american history and the national museum of the american indian because what because like if you think that me saying hey maybe you could not use the n-word to your coworkers is un-american yeah because that's all like a lot of times like beyond the cult of personality is oh diversity. to say to tell someone not to do that yeah. is un-american right because mm-hmm. that's mostly what diversity and e- diversity and equity and inclusion trainings are to be honest with you like i've led them but like the last slide is generally like very don't use words like doesn't fit or seems articulate or unprofessional haircut like if those like if that is what triggers you what i don't think it is i've observed one where they did the and i don't particularly like this exercise yeah is the peggy mcintosh nobody likes the peggy mcintosh one um i don't think it does what they think it not anymore. What it's they think it's it misapplied. Does. Yeah, it is. And, and also, the kids expect it now. And, it, it, you know, it's really, and it doesn't, you know, we talk about this all the time, the collective. It doesn't make you feel a part of, it doesn't lead someone to see themselves as part of a collective. Yep. Um, and uh, and so I've observed in, in several different settings. I wasn't leading. I was just um, yeah. observing. I was there to observe some diversity and equity training. And white people get really mad about it. They do. They get do. really, really angry. White but, men in particular oh get my really God, angry. Yeah. They get defensive because you're insulting their masculinity. I will say one one activity I, I saw that I liked. Um, you divide everyone into three groups. And you do like the book in between the legs thing. And like the egg. You know, like those like standard team building activities. But you make it blatantly obvious that, like, some groups have much better tools. So, like, the thing to hold your egg is, like, a ladle. Yeah. And someone else has, like, a teaspoon. And then you use that to talk about, like, access and equity. And and they get really angry. Oh, my God. I they did get so one, angry. I did, a, I did a voting one. Yeah. And uh, so they were going to vote for the president. And I just gave them profiles. I didn't give them names. Yeah. And so one person was a minister. And, um, you know, he'd gone to private schools um, and uh, he was married and had three children. Another person um, was uh, a laborer Mm -hmm. um, and he we gave the religion Mm -hmm. um, and we didn't give race or name. So they didn't know. All they knew was their profile. They were gender. Mm -hmm. Um, So he was a laborer. He was married. He was Catholic. Um, and I don't know how many, ch- but he had children. Um, another person was um, a Christian um, and had had government experience, um, was married and had, you know, two kids, but had, you know, like, I don't know, 10 years of um, government experience. And then the other two didn't, but this was their profile. And so well, I, so I started out the activity asking students to list all the things that matter to them yeah. in a candidate. And we gave their ages and all that. So they, you know, th- they're progressive on paper, right? So then they had to vote. And all of them voted for the one who was a career politician, who was George Wallace. The person they didn't oh, vote no. for was Martin Luther King and um, Cesar Chavez. Oh, no. And they were so angry. They said that I tricked them. No, I didn't. Wow, you, you did the votes. You did the voting. You voted. And they oh, said, no. you tricked us. No. And they were re- the white people were really, really mad at me. And almost... I wish I had. I I never wrote about this. You should have. Um, it was when I taught social studies, methods, social studies methods. Um, all, all the um, the uh, black students would pick either Cesar Chavez or um, Martin Luther King. So, um, so it's really interesting that, and that would I would do that as a diversity exercise, right? So You're getting uh, dragged ah, off stage. Yes. You're so here we are stage. again. This is WBOK 1230 AM. I'm Dr. Maria. I'm Dr. Adrian. Join us tomorrow for the CRT and Education 
teach in on Facebook Live, NOLA Ed for Liberation Facebook page, 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Thank you, Jazz. Thank you, Jazz. Bye, everybody. Bye, Maria. See you next Wednesday for sure. Uh, You're probably going to see me sooner than that. (laughs) I don't know why.